What the Actual Fork podcast is co-hosted by two intuitive eating registered dietitians, yours truly, Sammy Previtt, owner of Fine Food Freedom, and Jenna Warner, owner of Happy Strong Healthy. We can't stand diet culture bullshit and love keeping it real. Our mission is for all humans to believe that they are made for so much more than chasing a smaller body. We are also here to share with you that food can be fun and pleasurable again. Although we are medical professionals, we are human too. We are not afraid to share our deepest, darkest secrets and how years of our lives were taken by diet culture. We started this podcast so no human has to feel alone in their journey towards food freedom. So get comfy and join us for a casual convo where you can expect to laugh, cry, learn, and grow. Welcome back to another episode of What the Actual Fork Podcast. Um, We're so excited today because as she said, she's the Texas version of me, which (laughs) makes me really excited because I've never been to Texas. Um, But we have Emily Travis here today who has her master's in public health. She's a certified eating disorder registered dietitian. She is non-diet, she is haze-aligned, and she just happens to be getting married as well. So we're going to talk all things bridal nutrition today. So thank you for being here, Emily. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited. I'm so excited. I was telling Sammy before we started recording that I feel like my wedding was like the demise of my like it was the start of my disordered eating, like relationship with every food, fitness, everything. And so when I saw the topic of today's uh, recording, I was like, I need to be on here. So before we get into it, we're going to do this or that. And we're going to make it wedding themed. So I'm going to start bachelorette party style spa theme or like all out Vegas. All out Vegas. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> What I wouldn't give to do that right now. And I guess we have to ask like disclaimer, what are you doing for your bachelorette party then? So we are going to New Orleans. Um, It's been (laughs) hard um, because we want to be mindful of COVID. Uh, Luckily, I would say like 99% of people in my bridal party are in healthcare. And so we're actually mostly going to be vaccinated (laughs) before, which makes us feel a lot better, but um, we don't even really know what all we're going to be able to do based on what's going to be open, but we're going to try to have the best New Orleans experience we can. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) All right. We're going to stick wedding themed here, indoor or outdoor wedding? Outdoor. And we're assuming you're having an outdoor wedding. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, we're getting married outdoors in Colorado. Oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah, my fiance is from there, and he went to college there, so it kind of just made sense. And I think it's really pretty. So, <laughs> so pretty. Um, how about band or DJ? Ooh, so I really wanted a band, but we ended up going DJ. It was a little bit more budget friendly. You know, don't have to worry about instruments getting rained on. So both. I have to tell you, <laughs> one of my best friends who, before she got married, she said, I just don't think that there's anything worse than hearing a band play. We found love in a hopeless place. And like that just stuck with me forever. <laughs> and so I Anytime I have ever been to a wedding that has a band, when they play that song, I like can't stop laughing because you know they always play it. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, classics. They're good. Amazing. That's so funny. Cause they always do play that. Always. 
Um, chocolate or vanilla wedding cake? Or like, are you doing like a super like bougie, cool dessert table? <laughs> so this is actually like a, a, a good topic to bring up because me and my fiance were very much like, let's not do wedding cake. Let's do like a cookie or like, I don't know, something else. But my mother loves wedding cake. And she was like, I'll be damned if there's not a wedding cake. <laughs> so we're having one. Um, I don't know what kind yet. We haven't done any of the food stuff. Um, we're hopefully going to do a tasting in April, which I didn't even think was going to be able to happen given COVID. Um, but stay tuned for more. I'll let you know. <laughs> okay. But if you had a gun to your head, chocolate or vanilla <laughs> wedding cake. Okay. 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 Vanilla. Okay. Yeah. Fair, right. I can't think of what the last question here from me should be. Well, you can make that one the original last question. Okay. Oh, oh, I was like, okay, what do you You're mean? You're like, what is it? <laughs> I haven't been here forever. <laughs> a little rusty, guys. I got like four hours of sleep last night that I feel like a new person. Um, but okay, so if you could have anything in this world in limitless quantities, Sammy's shaking her head like, thank God she remembers <laughs> when it can't be money, what would it be? <laughs> Oh my gosh. And you know what, you guys, I've totally heard y'all ask this question. <laughs> before, and I was like, Oh, what a great question. Um, I'm going to steal someone's husband said this one, but it really stuck with me. Time. Time's a good one. Was that on my husband? I don't remember. I don't okay. Yeah. Because you were like, Oh, that's so sweet. Cause I said puppies. And we were like, I oh, okay, okay. hate that in answer. All, in all honesty, my first thought was Mac and cheese. Um, <laughs> That's love. Perfect. <laughs> mac and cheese, all I need. But if you had unlimited time, you could have mac and cheese forever. So you kind forever. of picked both. Win win. So win win. Amazing. Amazing. So I completely failed to mention that you have a practice called We All Eat, which is in person and virtual. And you're also the co founder of Nourish Support. So we always love to ask people before we really get into like bridal topic would love for you. You can spend 30 seconds or 30 minutes. Like tell us your story of how you got to where you are today as a dietitian. Were you always haze aligned? Like how, how are you where you are today? Yeah, for sure. So we're going to go back to little high school, Emily, trying to make her way in the world. Um, I played volleyball. Volleyball was like all I did at school, it was what I did in the spring and the summer, like volleyball was life. And I had the opportunities to play in college, but I was just really burnt out at the time and was ready to just do something else. And so decided to end my volleyball career. But with that came this pressure that I think mostly I put on myself to like maintain health or be healthy in some way, um, which kind of like shoved me into this I better work out in this way and be careful with calories and do a lot of these, what we now know is like rigid disordered behaviors with food. Um, and I was always like a science math person in mind. So that also just kind of aligned with keeping everything really structured and rigid. And so moving into college, I went to Baylor here in Texas and decided to study nutrition. Um, and it wasn't until probably my junior or senior year 
Um, I <clears throat> had applied, they have these, I don't even know what they're called anymore, but when I was there, they were called peer nutrition counselors. And so you could apply for this job through the nutrition department and like meet with other students on campus supervised by like a registered dietitian. Um, but just talk to them about food and what they're trying to accomplish or understand better and, and do education. And in order to participate in that role, we all had to read intuitive eating and like join a book club through school. <laughs> and so I know like, y'all can't see their faces the people that are listening but they're both like what like, why does school do that right. yeah. <laughs> we don't we don't get that kind of education in nutrition undergrads let alone internship grad school etc so the fact that that book, book was put into my life alone is really cool um and I remember reading it and just being like duh, this makes so much sense. And like knowing me, I was like getting up like 15 minutes early and like skimming the chapter and then like going and being like, yeah, I totally read the whole chapter. Like, no. <laughs> See, I told you, Sammy, I'm the Texas new. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, so that was kind of my first introduction to what intuitive eating was and like starting to heal my relationship with food and my body. Um, and then through my internship, I had actually two different rotations that were at eating disorder treatment facilities, both at a hospital and then one at a actual treatment facility. And so through like seeing their experiences and stuff and just learning and then eventually having my own therapist and doing my own work, like really got to a place where I was like, <laughs> what was I thinking? Um, that was not what I needed to do with my body or my food whatsoever. Um, sprinkle in in grad school, like a little bit of a mental health crisis and some anxiety and high functioning depression stuff that really took a toll on my body too, not as kind of side effect impacted food. Um, but, you know, I think through, I'm a Christian and like, that's what our nourish group is about as well as like support for Christian women. Cause there's, I think a big tie between spirituality, whatever that is for people and our values and our purpose could be our food, things like that. And so I very much felt like all of these experiences were leading me to practice in this field um, and that I was like called to practice in this field in that way. And so I just couldn't deny it anymore. Honestly, like things just kept falling into place. And I, I was like, you know, I have no choice but to do this. Like this makes the most sense for me. So here I am. <laughs> Can I ask you how long ago was that peer nutrition support program that you were in just uh -oh. out of curiosity because I'm like in when when I was in college <laughs> it was like I feel like I never heard the words like yeah. ever yeah. <laughs> uh, so that would have been 2013 2014 time okay. mm -hmm. wow. that's fair <laughs> yeah that's just so cool like you don't hear that at all Mm -hmm. Um, we, I think Claire tuning is the only person that has come on this podcast and said that like, she was always intuitive eating was mm -hmm. exposed early on. Like everyone else was like Jenna and I, where we're just like fucking up the world with our weight-centric <laughs> care. <laughs> so, um, which is why we're like so excited for today's topic because Jenna and I both have stories that it's like, <laughs> I cringe when I think of like bridal nutrition, like to my core. And I know Jenna does too. So, uh, like, I don't even know how we should lead into this other than like, <laughs> I, I feel like this could be like 14 hours long. I know. I, I mean, I just remember too, when I was wedding dress shopping, like I had this like idea, like I should be a dietitian that helps brides fit into their dresses. Like that was me 
seven years ago, whatever. I've been married five and a half wedding dress, like six years ago. That's it. Like it's crazy. So <laughs> I want to hear all about your experience being a diet, non-diet dietitian, wedding dress shopping, even just like, let's start there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I agree. There's like so much to cover. We'll do the best <laughs> in an hour, but, um, yeah. I mean, I think first and foremost, like I can't talk about this without admitting, like I'm a white cisgendered heterosexual thin woman. And my experience in the bridal industry is definitely not looked at the same as other people's experiences. And so going in, I already knew that like that was going to impact my journey compared to like other people's. Um, and I still expected it to be hard. Uh, I, I didn't expect it to just be easy for me because I am those things. So I, you know, as we all, maybe y'all, y'all felt this way. It sounds like you did just kind of expected it to be difficult. Um, I didn't necessarily think it was going to be this like walk in the park. So, um, we also are planning a wedding in the middle of a pandemic, uh, which I didn't know I was going to sign up for either. Um, so that has impacted things in a number of different ways, but luckily we have had the privilege of having a wedding planner who's also located in Colorado since that was where our wedding is going to be. Um, and she has literally been my saving grace. Like, I don't think I could have done this if it were not for her. Um, but there's a fun story in, in Toll. Um, find her was not the easiest thing. Um, I actually interviewed three different wedding planners uh, just because I'm not from Colorado. I wanted to like see who was there, what they were like, if we like clicked, because if it was someone I didn't feel like I meshed well with, like probably don't want them planning my wedding. Um, I kid you not. I think it was the second planner I called and I, I can't even remember her name, even if I didn't, I wouldn't say it because I'm not that type of person, but um, we got on the phone and started talking. And I don't know how it got to this place, but she started talking about like, oh, this person did this with their diet before the wedding and they looked so good. And, you know, they didn't eat this, this, and this. And like, all, like when I tell you my jaw hit the floor and this wasn't just like a, I'm just going to sprinkle in this information and see if like we can bond over it. It was like a 15 minute monologue. And I was like, what is happening? Like I specialize in this field and I'm literally at a loss for words right now. Like I don't even know how to handle this situation, let alone like someone else who, who isn't as in tune with this kind of stuff. So, um, I think at one point I mentioned I was a dietitian and she was like, Oh, you know, all about the food and like kept talking about diets and like what I was planning and all this stuff. And even said that she had in her contract certain things about if someone lost too much weight, she wouldn't work with them anymore. And like, it was weird, you guys. Like I, <laughs> it was so bad. It got to the point in our conversation where I said, and I don't know if this is the exact words, but this is what I got across was, you know, I just, I don't really feel like marriage is about my body or what my body looks like. At least I'm not wanting to found my marriage on those types of things. And so therefore I don't really see the need in trying to change my body for my wedding day. And she just goes, ah, yeah. And I was like, yep. And then we sat in silence for what felt like an entire minute. And I go, are you still there? And she was like, mm -hmm. and I was like, you know, I, I think I have to go. <laughs> 
but I was, that was the very first thing that I had to do for the wedding was get a wedding planner. Um, and the very first time I did that, I encountered like this intense diet culture. And I was just like, well, great. <laughs> if this is any indication of how the rest of this is going to go, um, I got some work to do. <laughs> oh, man. oh my gosh. So yeah, that's, I mean, that's just, <laughs> that, just that story in and of itself. And again, thinking like, how, I don't know if this is the right word, but how privileged you are to be who you are and have your, you know, all your credentials. So like you can, you know, combat that conversation, but thinking about our clients that all of us see and how triggering and how that can be so upsetting to not even want to like plan a wedding because of that conversation. So, so as kind of piggyback off Jenna, like, have you been wedding dress shopping? What has that experience been like? And what are some tips you could give to our listeners who are struggling with body image and, and, and diet culture? Yeah, totally. Um, so I ended up wedding dress shopping last May. So it's been a little bit, um, and I wasn't really fully planning on doing it at the time I was going to visit my mom and dad in Arkansas for mother's day weekend. And they have a little shop there and we called and they were like, yeah, we're still open. And so we're like, okay, we're going to go do it. So we, we put our masks on and we that went to a wedding shop. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Very different. We were the only people in the store besides the, the saleswoman. Um, I was only allowed to bring one person, which was my mom. Um, so definitely different than I think I had it like pictured with bringing my friends and, and maybe even being here in Houston where I live now. But um it was still good, but I, I can remember the night before, like this thread of perfectionism in me being like, what if I don't find a dress? Like, what if all the dresses don't look good on me? Like all these what ifs, you know, because that's what we're taught. That's what we're, we see in movies and TV shows and magazines or whatever. People probably don't even look at magazines anymore, like <laughs> social media, um, <laughs> TikTok. Um, and so anyways, we go try on these dresses. Um, there's dresses that fit me. There's dresses that don't. I'm in a pretty straight size body. So I initially was, I don't know if concerned is the right word. We'll say concerned. Um, I was concerned that there were some dresses that fit me and some dresses that didn't because as a person in a straight size body, all I could think about was like my clients who don't fit that mold and how difficult that must be to go wedding dress shopping. Um, and not like, of course they can order these dresses at any size, but like, what are you going to like hold up a dress and look at it and be like, sure. Yeah. Like that's the one, <laughs> like you want to try on a dress and you want to see what that's going to look like and how it's going to move and, and things like that. And so, um, I did end up finding a dress that day, which was exciting. I, I feel like everyone maybe has this, but like some remorse, like you get the dress and you're like, was that the right one? <laughs> like, I don't, what was I thinking? I should have looked in Houston too. Like, I don't know, but I, I went with the dress that I initially picked. So I'm, I'm happy. Um, and up until the first day that we met with the alterations lady um, or the tailor, whatever you want to call her, uh, I was still feeling the same kind of like, is it going to look good? What's my body going to feel like? Is the sizing going to work? Like all these questions and um, were coming up in my head and we go to the alterations and she's like, I tell her all these things that I'm worried about. And she's like, yep, yep, yep. We can do that. And I was like, what, <laughs> what, wait, what? And it's just so cool because like 
you know, she walks in there and here's all these things. And she never once pressured me about like, is your body going to change? Are you sure you want to do that? Mm -hmm. Are you sure? Or this, that, you know, she was just like, yeah, of course. Like, let's, let's do this. Let's do that. Let's pull this up. Let's add this here. You know, was totally about listening to me, making the changes. Um, so that was honestly just like a huge relief. Um, and I actually just posted on my Instagram earlier today. I think I had oh, wedding wow. stuff online. Y'all might've seen it, but um, I think I said something like, you know, your, your dress should be tailored to your body. Your body shouldn't be tailored to your dress. And I think unfortunately, because diet culture and wedding stuff is so intertwined, like we are constantly hit with this message of like, change your body for the wedding. You're gonna be shedding for the wedding or whatever people say. There's all these like little catchy phrases that they try to make it fun. Um, air quotes, fun. You can't see me. Um, <laughs> and, and it's not like, it doesn't have to be like that. And so I think for me, it was such a blessing that my tailor was someone who was also aligned with let's make this comfortable for you. Let's make this dress fit you. Um, let's do those things. And even at my last fitting, you know, I let my dress out and I was like, uh, you know, I feel like that's the opposite of what our culture talks about. And like, you know, even me, like someone who's trained in doing this work and helping guide people through intuitive eating, through health at every size was still feeling like little snippets of shame of like, wait, what's wrong with me? I, I'm letting out my dress. But then as soon as I made the decision to do that, it was like, oh, like I can breathe again. Like, this is so wonderful. I'm so glad I made this decision because I know on the wedding day, like I can eat my mac and cheese. I can eat my wedding cake. Like I can move and dance on the dance floor and like put stuff in, in my pockets. I have pockets um, and like do cool things and not have to worry about like, oh, this is uncomfortable when I sit down or like, you know, the, the things that come with clothes not fitting right. So to answer your question, Sammy, I feel like the things that I would suggest to people is first calling the stores and like doing some research and seeing what size they carry in dresses. Um, I have learned that there are certain stores who do carry like plus sizes and a, a wider range of dresses. Um, some stress, some stores may have a smaller range of larger sized dresses. And so you want to call ahead, really get a good inventory of like what you're working with, so that way, when you walk in, you feel really comfortable and know you're going to have a lot of really good options. Um, maybe something else, which I didn't do this, but I almost wish I would have, um, is finding your tailor first. Um, because even on the post, and y'all can go read some of the comments today, people were saying they had bad experiences with their tailor. And I was going to <laughs> not have that. Yeah, Jenna, you did. Um, and so... I would find someone that you feel really comfortable with and say like, you know, I'm going wedding dress shopping. I want to know how you can help me, maybe what your prices are, because that can also get expensive. I did not know that until we went in there, um, but things like that. So that way you feel really comfortable with them too. Um, I mean, you're having to like change and, and, you know, undress and put this dress on. And so you want it to be someone that you're comfortable with, um, both like being close to you and touching you, things like that. Um, but honestly, having a good tailor like was a huge game changer for me when it came to the dress and my body image. I just also want to thank you for sharing that you had those feelings creep in because I was recently reading a message board, something on Facebook, like a group that I'm in um, of a different podcast, I believe. And somebody was 
talking about how they find it so refreshing when a guest who supposedly has healed their relationship with food, and I'm air quoting that because I think the proper terminology would be always healing. Um, like healed is such a finite word, right? But to hear people who come off as having all the knowledge and having done all the work and have a confidence in this journey, still having those emotions creep in really normalizes, I think for especially our listeners to know and understand that we're all still doing this work, no matter where we are in our journey. Right. So thank you for sharing that. Um, and I was going to ask you actually, did you know that your tailor was going to be so just open and quiet really is the right word before hiring her. Cause I had the opposite experience and I would love for you to share, you know, if there was anything that triggered you and you talked to her the first time that you knew it was going to be a great experience or, um, any questions that you would ask. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first off, I think I'm totally not immune to diet culture, you know, as are, are y'all. And I think I appropriate self-disclosure disclosure is, is good in certain aspects. And I think this is something that we just don't talk about all that often. And, you know, I know my experience is going to be different than other people's, but if it helps even just one person, I think it's worth getting vulnerable and talking about. So I'm glad that y'all are on board with that. Um, and no, I did not know my tailor. So my parents moved to Arkansas when I graduated high school and went to college. So I actually never lived in Arkansas, but they live in small town Conway, Arkansas, if y'all are familiar. Um, and you know, I have only ever been there in the summer for holidays. Um, but no, I had no idea who this was. And she was just someone who was recommended to us from the bridal store that we were at. Um, and it, it just ended up being like a really a match made in heaven, if you will. Um, and I remember talking to her and being like, I feel for people in larger bodies because this has to be so difficult. We already live in a fat phobic society. Um, and then you put like wedding culture on top of that. And it's just like double. And she just like nodded and was like, yeah, like she didn't really have a whole lot to say. I'm sure I'm like talking about something. She probably doesn't talk about all that often, but I can't not, you know, like I can't not have these conversations with people and just pick their brains. Cause, um, I don't know what it's like to live in a larger body. And I, my heart just goes out to them for being radical in a world that values straight size bodies. I had a client who got married, I want to say in December. Um, and she, it was, I forget exactly how she said it. I'm going to butcher it, but like we had been working together for a while. And finally on her wedding day, like she sent me a picture and she was like, when I look at this picture, all I can think about is how happy I was and how like pleasant and amazing the day was and how I felt. Mm. And so that just like resonated with me so much as I feel like so many, so many brides because of bridal culture, it's what we're taught, like as an extension of diet culture, it's like, how are you going to look on your wedding day? How are you going to look right? But then we don't think about how are we going to feel on our wedding day? And Jenna, I remember you telling me like you were going to like pass out cause you hadn't like ate. And so we, I want to go there too. But like <laughs> my, like my question to both of you, like, and I know I've, we all work with similar clients. It's like, what do you, how do you help your clients get to that place where they're going to be more concerned with how do I feel? What do I want to experience on my wedding day and not have the focus on what I look like on my wedding day? Yeah. 
Jenna, do you want to go for it? No, you go, girl. <laughs> oh, man. Right now. <laughs> I mean, there's so okay. many different ways to take this. That's yeah. a broad question. Because like, I think a lot of it is like, it all comes down to like the intuitive eating work that we do. Like whether you're having a wedding or not, we're doing this with every single client, right? But yeah. I think that wedding culture, like you said, adds a whole nother layer and pressure on top of it. Well, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is it's a lot of values work. It's mm. a lot like I am so thankful for the therapists that I share clients with because, you know, it gets in there deep and, and us dietitians do the best we can. And, and sometimes we need the therapeutic support. But I mean, I think of the story that we just kind of shared a glimpse of, of you, Jenna, like feeling ill on your wedding day and like fatigued and thinking you're going to pass out. And it's like, you don't want to miss it. Like, that's one day in your whole life, maybe, unless you get married again or something, um, <laughs> but you know, that you want to really value and remember. And even my friends that have healthy relationships with food that have never had a history of disordered eating or dieting or anything like that, say how quickly the night goes. And I'm sure y'all can both speak to that. Um, and, and to add on top of that, like malnourishment or distracted by food or distracted by your dress or how the what angle the photographer is going to catch you at or whatever, like you're going to miss it. And it's not even what the day is about anyways. So I think it takes some really good values work is my best answer of what do you really want to remember about your wedding day? What do you want to experience? What do you want to be mentally and physically present for? It's so good. And I think for me, what I've spoken to clients, not maybe about their own wedding, but any just experience or place where, you know, you're, you want to remember the experience it's, you can be physically present, but if you're starving yourself or all you can think about is when you're going to have food or what you're going to eat, or you're just like micromanaging the entire eating experience for the event, you're not mentally present. Um, and that just takes away the entire experience. Like I've talked about, I think many times that I've physically been present at a lot of functions, but mentally just not there. Um, and for my wedding specifically, I had given up. So I lived in Hoboken before getting married and, and Hoboken, New Jersey is right outside the city. And it's a very large, like drinking culture or it was when we lived there, Sammy, I don't know what it's like now, but you know, I gave up alcohol pre-wedding because I was told by my trainer, um, and the lady, the tailor that that was going to, you know, that was making me puffy. Okay. Air quotes. This was told to me. This is a story. So I gave that up. And on my wedding day, on my wedding morning, I wanted to enjoy long story short, I was guaranteed the drunkest person in the room. Um, and I don't remember the end of the night. Like I really don't. And like, that's really sad um, because it's a one night, one experience that, you know, diet culture got in my head that I needed to look a certain way in order to feel a certain way on that day. And then disappeared to some extent. And yeah, the night goes by really quickly, but you know, that pressure is there and it's not worth it. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, totally. So anyways, <laughs> I mean, so I think that from that perspective, like just helping people really understand that mentally being present and enjoying moments is so much more powerful than anything else. Um, Sammy, your turn. 
I'm trying to think about my wedding day. I definitely, it's funny reflecting back on it that I thought that I didn't have a lot of diet culture thoughts like that were intrusive of the day. But now that I look back, like I definitely got a dress that was like, not like, don't get me wrong. The dress was beautiful. Loved it. But I like, it wasn't me. Like, I feel like I was getting it to, I don't know if impress others is the right word, but it was like a tight form fitting dress. And I am absolutely all about like a little bit of a form fitting waist and then just fucking flowy. So you can like dance. And I did not do that. And my dress was so uncomfortable and it actually ripped at the end of the night. And I was like, thank God, because then I had a backup dress that was $40 from Lulu that I put on with a flower crown. And that's when I was comfortable. And it's so funny because like I spent whatever on this dress and I now look back that I was like, I wish I was wearing like the $40 dress the whole night so I could like actually be comfortable. And I don't know, like my discomfort didn't necessarily trigger body image thoughts, but it definitely brought me out of the present. And that's where it's like to just imagine people that are really, really struggling with body image. Like that's one of the first place we go to is like, how do you make your body comfortable? Right. Because if you're not comfortable, how are you going to be present? I like to use the analogy of shoes, right? Like in college, I cringe at the thought of how many pairs of high heels that I wore that I couldn't like walk for the next two days because of how uncomfortable they were. Why in our right minds, ladies, did we think that that was fun to wear those especially at state college I know (laughs) now like all these um younger folk are wearing like the big white flat top like sneakers when they go out which is like so much better why didn't we have that but so I think like of that like we now I'm like all about comfort right whether it's shoes whether it's clothes like I will never wear anything if it's not comfortable so I think back to like why did I choose that wedding dress because I would never choose that now because it was not comfortable and Mm -hmm. so that's my biggest thing is like you have to be physically comfortable in your dress if you don't want that to take away um so (laughs) I know style is important to people, but I would say like, get a little flowy so you can dance. That's like my biggest piece of advice. It's so funny that you say that because I wore sandals on my wedding day because I did not want to even deal with heels. Like I like made that in my, in my head, it was like, I'm going to be comfortable. And meanwhile, my dress was form fitted. I was not comfortable. <laughs> like nothing Same. else about me was comfortable, but my feet were fine. So it's like, <laughs> why do we feel the need to like make these exceptions in places? That it just, the whole industry is just so fucked for lack of a better term, because it's just so hypercritical and there's so much pressure. And I think that I read something somewhere, maybe on social media, I'm sure that's the only place I read things now, but about somebody saying like, they look back at their wedding day pictures and are so mad at themselves because either, you know, they spent so much time, you know, trying to get ready for this wedding and they still don't like the images or I read like the alternative perspective and it was like, but I look so happy. So this is what I want to remember, but I still am having these bad body image thoughts, even though I wasted so much time leading up to this event. And it's like, if you think about the wedding experience, Emily, you said you've been engaged a year, right? So this is like 
a year, sometimes two years of people's lives that all builds up to this one moment and then it's over and they're still not happy. And it's like the legitimate diet culture trap of let me just get you to continue because there is no end, right? You're never going to be happy in this binge restrict cycle or wedding industry trap for lack of a better term. Well, and I think you bring up a good point about pictures um, because we did do our engagement pictures. Oh man, last August, maybe it's been a while. Um, But even with that kind of felt this, I felt this same kind of like perfectionism bubbling up in me that has always kind of been there in some capacity. Um, But, you know, after getting the pictures, it was like, Emily, duh, there's going to be pictures you like, there's going to be pictures you don't like. And that is going to be the same, whether you do restrictive diet and do all this wild stuff and like aren't present, or if you don't and you just like live your life, like there's going to be angles you like, there's going to be angles you don't like, there's going to be pictures you love, there's going to be pictures you don't. And I, it's been on my mind to actually share some of our, like, I'm going to call them blooper photos (laughs) on my Instagram because they're just funny. Like you just see me and Matt's personality come out and it's, it's comical, um, but yeah, I mean, I think we, we strive for this like perfect photo and like moment and it's like, well, those may not even be the pictures you look back on and like actually really cherish and see your personality come through. So. Yeah. And I think that, that ties into what you were saying, Jenna, too, of like, what, if we remove weddings from this, that's what our, the majority of our clients say, well, if I just lose the weight, then I'll be happy but then they, whether they lose the weight or not, but for those who have lost the weight, they still look in the mirror and say, I hate my body. So it's that same thing. Like we, you could lose the weight and you're not going to be happy. You might get the external validation that gives you that false sense of, Oh, people think I look good. Oh, this is love. This is acceptance. But that's just because we live in a fat phobic world and people think that complimenting bodies is okay when it's definitely not because they could be complimenting restrictive behaviors, excessive exercise, et cetera. So it's just, uh, it's so, there's so, there's so many places we could go with this. Yeah. Oh, my brain is even one step further with, with your life currently, Jenna. I mean, I feel like this is not the case for everybody, but kind of the natural progression for some people's lives is like getting married and then having children and that there's even pressure with bodies when it comes to that. And so it's like, (laughs) it didn't start with weddings. It started before that. And it doesn't end with weddings. Like diet culture continues through all of these different phases. So even for someone to think like, I'm only going to participate in diet culture for my wedding, it doesn't start and it doesn't stop there. So why bother? (laughs) I can tell you how much of a horrible dietitian I once was. Like my Instagram page started as happy, slim, healthy bride. And it was my journey to my wedding day. And if you go back deep in my Instagram, it's six years from there. You know, I think I've archived most of it, but it was like me at the gym and like me and my 21 day fix containers that my husband talked about on our husband podcast. Like he remembers. And that was like the beginning. Like I really, like what I said to Sammy before, it was the beginning of my demise. Like it was crash and burn for me. And like what you just said was once it's over, it's never over. And like, I was so uncomfortable on my honeymoon for those first 
couple of days, if not the whole time, because I wasn't used to eating food right before the wedding. And so like, we can go into that. I don't think we have time to dig deep into that, but you know, the reality is that I was so uncomfortable because I finally allowed myself to live again. Right. And I'm on this beautiful trip. Um, and I, I was very uncomfortable in my clothing because I was really uncomfortable because I was eating food and my body was like, what the fuck's happening? <laughs> right. Like, and that's something that I'll never forget feeling just very angry with myself. And then your mind goes back into that cycle of what do I do now to fix this instead of sitting with it? Like we tell our clients to do now and saying like, what can I learn from this experience? I wasn't there. It was, how do I fix it? And when I get back, what will I do to get back? or whatever quote unquote mentality I was in was really horrific. And it, it lasted a very long time, pretty much until about like four years ago. <laughs> so it was a really long cycle. And like you said, you know, if that goes into pregnancy for some people and postpartum, what I will say, and I hope to share this in a later episode when I, I'm more ready when I've had more sleep so I can remember things um, is that if I had not worked on my relationship with food and fitness prior to pregnancy and postpartum, I would be in a very, very different headspace right now. And it's something that I, I can't stress enough that this work has saved my life, but it's also just saved my, preserved my memory to be able to enjoy life too. And I think you hit it on the head that every life milestone diet culture is there to take it away from you. Yeah. That was so beautiful. <laughs> I am chills. I'm um, telling you, once I've had like a straight eight hours of sleep, it might be take 10 years at this point, but <laughs> we'll get it all out there on, an, on a podcast episode, but it's true. I mean, diet culture lurks and they try what does um, Christy Harrison say? Life the light thief. Like just takes away all of that happiness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense. The bridal culture, like some of these big life milestones, it just, it just can prey so easily on the insecurities that come up. Like, like you guys said, it's always around. I love how Emily said it doesn't start with weddings. It doesn't end with weddings. It's always around, but that bridal culture on top of diet culture, it can just really get in there mm-hmm. and, and fester and take all of your money, time and precious memories. And it does not have to be that way. Um, so to kind of wrap the episode, I know this is really hard, but Emily, <laughs> if you had to leave listeners with like one or two like big takeaways that you're like, I want you to remember this. If you don't remember anything else from the episode, what would you say to them? Okay. I think two things come to mind. (laughs) So the first one is to plan your wedding, buy your wedding dress, do the whole thing around who you are as a person, what you and your partner's life look like, like plan it around that. Don't change anything for that day. Your relationship with this person didn't start because you were on a diet. Like it started because they loved and cared about who you were as a person. And so I think remembering the value of your marriage and what that looks like and planning your wedding around that is a really, really important thing to always come back to. The second thing I think of is having a good support system because not everyone in your life knows what we know is on board with intuitive eating and health at every size. There are probably more than likely people in your life who are going to diet for your wedding 
or who are in your wedding and dieting. And that can be difficult um, depending on how close you are to that person, how often you talk to them and whatnot. And so I think having a safe space to process what's going on, whether that's with a dietitian you meet with or a therapist you meet with, or my fiance has been a huge help with all of this. And he's gotten vulnerable with me about body image struggles that he even has at times too. And so I think having people in your life that you feel really comfortable talking to about what's going on is what's going to help you carry through. And again, just like hold on to those values that you actually really care about on your wedding day. That was so perfectly put a great way to wrap the episode with a little bow. So for anybody listening, Emily, where can they find you? They can find me lots of places. Um, I'm on Instagram at we all underscore eat. Uh, I have a website for my private practice, which is we all dash eat. And I'm on TikTok at we all underscore eat as well. Um, and then if you're a Christian woman and you're interested in our support groups, we also have at nourish support on Instagram where we talk about different ways we support you there as well. Awesome. Thank you so much, Emily, for everything yep. that you shared. Thank you for y'all stories too. I think this was a great episode and I'm excited for people to hear it. Guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of What the Actual Fork Pod. We know there are a lot of pods out there and we are so grateful that you are here listening with us. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe, like, share with all your friends and faves and follow along with us on social at what the actual fork pod. We promise to continue to bring you the hottest topics, greatest guests, and the most fun you can possibly have while fighting diet culture bullshit. We love you. We appreciate you. And we will see you next week for a lot more fun.